the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. The whole creation waits. Everything that God has created is waiting on us. Waiting for us to be revealed the way God made us, create, recreated us in Christ. One day the world will see it. John said the world don't understand. They don't know right now, but the day will come because we know what we shall be like him when we see him. When he is revealed. But the key thing is the whole creation is waiting patiently right now. They won't change. The creation is under stress because of what's happening in the world and what's what's happening to mankind. The creation is looking for release. And God, they are waiting patiently for the new heaven. In the new earth. Jesus said, I make all things new. Beginning from verse 21 in Romans chapter 8, it says, Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. So the creation has been put under the bondage of corruption, decay. Not just man. Sin caused that to happen to the whole creation. And God wants to change everything to make a new earth and a new heaven. The creation is waiting to be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. That's you and I. They want what you got. Glorious liberty that you have that God's given to you. You are more than what you think you are in Christ. That's why Paul says you are not ordinary. That's what Paul said. You behave like mere men. He knows you are a human being, but he's saying when you enter into Christ and you become a child of God, you are not just like every other man. You are born from above. We have to understand that doesn't make us better than everybody else, but there is something hidden in us that they can't see, but the devils and the demons and angels, they recognize that there is something different about you from the rest of the world. And so the whole creation is waiting on us to be released from that bondage of corruption to the glorious liberty of the children of God. That's you and that's me. Glorious, not just liberty, it's a glorious liberty that God's going to deliver to us. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Even at the time Paul was speaking, the creation was still groaning. Mm, when is my change coming? God's waiting for the last person to come in, saved. And Paul said, not only that, but we also, that's we Christians, who have the first fruit of the Spirit, 
Those of us that have received the Spirit, we've been touched by God Himself. Even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. In other words, we're waiting eagerly. If you're not waiting for that, you need to be thinking more in terms of this. When Jesus rose, He had His glorious body. He, he ate with them. Jesus sat with his disciples and ate. He made them breakfast. I don't know where he got the fire from. But he made them breakfast. He's able to do all kinds of things. They had real fish, but it didn't come from the river. I don't understand all of that. And they ate with Jesus. They couldn't ask him because he said no one was willing to ask, who are you? It was daylight, but they saw him, but couldn't recognize him, but they just knew he was the one, because now we don't deal with flesh. So they couldn't recognize, but they knew he was the one. And he spoke to them and fed them, walked through walls. He just will appear. But then he told them, I'm not a spirit. I'm a human being just like you. A spirit doesn't have bones and flesh like you see me have. That's the body God wants to deliver to us. That body that will not decay, will not get old, won't lose the hair, you know. It's always there for us. God's going to make that. And that's what the, the creation, what, what we're going through, that's what creation is going through. Getting old, weak. And the creation says, no, that's not the way God originally made it. We want what God did originally. But they are not the only ones that are waiting for this change. The saints in heaven, they are also praying to God and crying out, We want change now. We want it now. You can read in Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. It says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who have been slain for the word of God. Remember last week we talked about suffering? They were slain because of the word of God. And for the testimony which they held. Do you have a testimony of Christ in your life? How big is that? Are you willing to die for your testimony? They were slain because of their, their testimony. The testimony they had following Jesus. And because they were proclaiming Jesus as their Lord. They suffered with him. So he tells us. They have been slain because of the word of God and for the testimony which they held. They held that testimony. They held on to that testimony. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, if they've been crying from the days of John, you know they're still crying today. And that's over 2,000 years. Telling God, how long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. They're talking about people here. In other words, Jesus changed everything. They need to pay the price for what they did. How long? It says, then a white robe, something to comfort them was given to each of them. And it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer. 
They comforted them. Rest a little bit. Don't worry about it. Just rest. There's still something happening on the earth. And this is what it says. Until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who will be killed as they were was completed. So God saying, some of your brothers are still on the earth. They need to be killed first before we do this. How many willing to die? I was listening to Andrew Young. Andrew Young, remember him? The one with Martin Luther King. He said something that struck me. He said, if you don't have something to die for, your life's not worth living. If you don't have a curse, something that you hold on to, and there's no better curse than to follow Jesus Christ and be willing to give your life for it. He said, most of us thought, we would, some of those guys said, we thought we won't be up, we won't get to 40 before we die. But they were willing to give their lives so that others can have the freedom. Here we have come to know Christ. Are you willing to give your life for this cause? That's the issue here. It's a rainy day. I'm not going to go to church. God understands. He doesn't. He really doesn't. So we are in the last days. Jesus is coming very soon. And some of the things that you're seeing is what's happening. Showing us that we are in the last days. I've read about the, the movement of God in the United States. How people drove, traveled far and wide trying to find God. Revival meetings in the United States. We're still praying for that. People will stay almost all night. You preach for 48 minutes, an hour. Uh, by the time the, the hour is completed, uh, you'll be, Pastor, you and your wife will be alone in church. The rest are gone. And that pastor preaches too long. They stayed. The same America. But we are in the last days. We are truly in the last days. People are not willing to give much anymore. We really need to look for his coming and be ready. Jesus himself said, don't allow anybody to deceive you. Be ready. Watch and pray. Because you don't know what hour he will return. That's saying, if you are not watching and praying... He may return without you knowing about it. And that's not a place to be. I know there's a lot of words. You just go to church, shake, shake the preacher's hand, get in the water, by, by, uh, the baptistry, and they make you work a little bit, and you're on your way to heaven. I'm not too sure about these things. But I want to be sure I make it. I want to be sure I make it. Just going to church doesn't mean you will make it. I don't, I don't really know. But I want to be sure that when it's all over, I was in church and I made it. How terrible will it be if you had been in church and that day came and some of your church members that you knew made it and you didn't. You have eternity to regret not doing everything you should have done for him. I don't understand everything. But you know, God's going to reward faithfulness. Are you faithful in your service to him? 
there were three servants. One of them was rejected because he wasn't faithful. Only two were accepted. They were given talents. Remember? And Jesus ended up saying, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Just because you gave your life to Christ, I'm not too sure if that's enough. I don't know. I don't really know. But I don't want to find out when I get there. I want to do everything it takes to be ready right now. Me and my family. And also all together. That's why I'm bringing this message. These are not, this message is not something that's really popular. But this is very important. The church, we really need to wake up. We really need to wake up. Christians are not doing much anymore. It's just go to church and everything is like, God, you give me this. God, give me that. And people are, pastors said one thing they didn't like. They've gone to another, from church to church. No commitment, won't serve. I don't know what's going on. But I believe that these are the signs of the end. These are the signs of the end. One of the things Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 24, I believe it's three, he says, when they asked him, they said, what are the signs? When will these things be? And what are the signs of your return? And the end of the age, they asked. The first thing Jesus said to them is, don't allow yourself to be deceived. Don't allow yourself, let no one deceive you. Don't allow yourself to be deceived. And I think there's a lot of deception here in our world today because the blind is going to lead the blind and both will fall to a dish. If people are not deceived to think that they are on the right path, then Jesus wouldn't have told us that. People are going to be deceived. And I don't want to be one of them. People are going to be deceived. Don't allow yourself to be deceived. Because Jesus said, first things that will happen, Matthew 24, verse 11 and 13, he says, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. How many believe those words are going to be fulfilled? Oh yes, believe me, when Jesus said, when Jesus says, many will be deceived, oh yes, that's prophecy, it will happen. The way I look at this, I always tell, I will go say, Lord, now look, uh, this many, I don't want to be in that number, okay? <laughs> Help me not to be. Being a pastor, that's good. But I'm not going to make it because I'm a pastor. I have to live for my God. So when I see a scripture like this, I'm as wo- scared and worried like everybody else. Pastor and all. God, please, you see this many you got here? I don't want to be in that number. Please don't let me be in that number. Please. Don't want to preach and then find myself on the other side. Oh, pastor, it's all over there. No, it's not good. God forbid. We really need to be careful. Many will be deceived. And because of lawlessness, because lawlessness will abound, in other words, people are not full. In the traditional King James, it says, because iniquity shall abound. In other words, a lot of sinful things happening in the world, the love of many will grow cold. You know what that means? It doesn't matter. We can't send somebody to hell because of that. If that's the case, well, he's not a good God then. You are the one to determine if God is good or not. 
the angels will tolerate that? You can tell God whether he's good or not? That's what's happening. That doesn't matter. You can do that. Our church accepts that. Now we've changed our opinion. Everything is allowed now. Well, that's your opinion. God is not looking for re-election. So he's not going to care about whether you vote for him or not. So he can turn and say, well, I said that before, but now I've changed my mind. That's never going to happen. We have to abide by his word. These are eternal words. They live forever. God and his words are one and the same. God's not going to change his word just to make you happy. Because he and his word are one and the same. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God himself. So if God changes his word to accommodate you, then he's no longer God because of you. And that's never going to happen. We have to follow him with all of our heart. And we have to understand there is just a devil in the world. When you don't have a desire to go to God, you should be crying out, something is not right. If I'm sitting and, and, and I can't pray, and my brother is able to pray, I should wonder what's going on with me. Why is my heart so dry? Where did I miss it? If you talk to God, he will answer you. It's not just about number. We want the number. But I want people that we want to present to our God. That have loved him and have served him with all of their heart. So there's going to be a lot of false prophets. You know, last night, Angela was watching a program on television where this supposed prophet was telling them he represents God and he's able to convince a father to give him his 13-year-old girl to sleep with. And they, they are still, the girl's gone, but the parents are still with prophets. You can imagine, and that's happened. They're trying to, they can't even get the man, even till now. If this is not something that's happened then. It's happening today. This is a clear sign we are at the end. False prophets will come. And we need to be aware and move to the right and stay with God. It's not hard to stay with God. Usually, when you don't want to obey Him, you come up with some excuse. I've done it, so please, don't tell me. We all do that. You come up with a reason why you don't want to do that. God says, go to that place. He says, well, remember Ananias? God said, go pray for Paul. He says, well, now, God, let me tell you something you don't know. That man kills Christians, you know. I'm not going. We will always find find some reason why we don't want to obey God. Either you're too tired or something. But look, we are in the last days. And we need to be aware of that. Deceiving people. Second Timothy 3, 12 and 13. And I'm going to tie this up. If you want to really live for God, there is going to be some, some pain. There's going to be some suffering. If you're not willing to accept that, it's going to be hard to follow God. Listen to what the scripture says. Yes. All and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will what? Suffer persecution. How many? All. 
all, all will suffer persecution. If you decide to live godly for God, somebody's going to be saying something about you or sometimes you lose your life. That's the suffering. Let me say this. If, if, if you as a Christian, all your Christian life, you've never had any kind of opposition, things said about, against you, and so you really need to re-examine. Because the scripture said all. The scripture said all. Maybe you are not as committed. Satan doesn't bother with you when he knows he's got you in his camp. He can, he'll allow you to sing all the glory you want to sing. He says, yeah, sing as much as you want. We got you. No big deal. But once you begin to live godly for God, godly doesn't say you are perfect. Notice the word is godly, not perfect. Godly means you are following after God. You are ordering your life after the ways of God. You are using scriptures to determine the decisions you make in life. That's being godly. And once you start doing that, Satan is going to attack you. Sometimes the attack comes from within. For a man's greatest enemy will will be members of his own household. And you have to be able to stand your ground. So yes, and all, yes, that's the truth. All who desire, even if you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution. These days, you can't say anything bad about anything anymore. You have to be politically correct. You can't say anything is wrong anymore. If you say it's wrong, then you're a hater. It's all, you get this word, it's phobic, phobic, phobic. If I say, if I say well, hey, pastor, is, is, it wrong, uh, uh, is it wrong to have homosexual marriages? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you said that, pastor? We're going to put it down. You are homophobic. And then you say, well, is it? wrong for a man to commit adultery that's me now is it wrong for a man to commit adultery oh yes oh you couldn't say that you are adulterophobic no kidding (laughs) everything is phobic phobic so you won't say what's right anymore you can't say the truth anymore because we are in the last days we're in the last days we don't hate i didn't say this god said it himself if you don't want me to say it, I'm a servant. Tell him to change his mind. If you call me homophobic, well, I'll tell you, guess who else is homophobic? Him. Because I got it from him. I didn't get it from her. I could care less what they do. I'm just following what he's saying. That's the important thing. It says in verse 13, but evil men and imposters will grow worse. Do, are we seeing it now? They seem to represent Christ, supposedly, but they're, do, they're saying and doing crazy things, stuff. And then they have followers as well. Sometimes in the thousands. Like the preacher who appeared on television and, and uh, with Oprah saying, if you say these things, you're going to become irrelevant. This happening right in my before when I came to this country, I never thought anything like that would happen. Even Billy Graham is saying, I never thought in my lifetime my eyes will see what I'm saying today. We are in the last days. We are settling in the last days. 
So they are imposters. They grow worse and worse, he says, deceiving and being deceived. You know why they are so adamant? Because they really believe what they are saying. They truly believe that they are right and you're wrong. So they are deceiving others and they themselves are being deceived. We need to understand that. They are deceiving others because they are convinced that they are right. But in their rightness, they are being deceived as well. And those who follow them, like Jesus said, when the blind lead the blind, is it the one that's led alone that's going to fall in the dish? No. Both will fall in the dish. We are truly in the last days. I'm going to close because of time today with this scripture. I really have a lot to say, but I, I, next, this Saturday on Wednesday, I have a message. If you can make it to church, it's very important. Uh, I called it covenant, covenant covering. Covenant covering. Um, please be here, especially if you're struggling. So we can, we can talk about what God's doing. But let me finish with this scripture today. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. It says, but know this. In other words, I want you to know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. I thought God said to love others as you love yourself, Right? But that's not what this is. That means they care more about their own personal needs than they care of God. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, they are disobedient to parents. I was shocked to see that. Disobedience to parents, <laughs> that's pretty important there. Disobedient to parents, unthankful unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, hurry, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. And he says, and from such people, turn away. From such people, turn away. When somebody can justify something instead of repenting and say, well, God understands, and they continue to do that, you know, the Bible is very clear. If you're a Christian person, supposedly a Christian, and you're living that way, I'm not supposed to have a meal with you. If I do that, they say, Pastor hates people, you know, he refused to eat with me. Paul helps you say, don't have any kind of dealings with this individual. Why would God be so strict? Why? That's another human being. If your eye offends you, what do you say? Pluck it out. Please don't go pluck out your eye because we don't want one eye people coming to church on Sunday morning. The pastor, I listened to you. I plucked out my eye and I cut, uh, I cut my right hand off, you know. <laughs> we all only have left hands in the church, you know. <laughs> I would rather you tell me it was your husband. And I'm kidding. <laughs> 
it is important. God is saying it's better for you to go into the kingdom of God, even if you don't have your other hand or eye, than for you to go into hell just like that. These things are important that we need to, uh, to understand. The love of money can really ruin a person. I've been, I've really seen things that is very baffling. Only one other person, only another thing that God elevated up to this, the place of God. You cannot love God and love money. They don't go together. Be a money user. You know, let money be your servant, not your master. God wants us to have money because we can use it to help and to do good. But don't allow it to be your master. Don't let it control your life. There's a very fine line there. There's a real fine line because God will allow you to do whatever you can to get money. But when that thing begins to take God's place, you know why you need more of it? Because that's where you think, if I have this, I have security. If if that's in your heart, anywhere in your heart, somewhere there, God sees it. You can't have money as your confidence. He should be the only one. When you're struggling and you're really holding back and it's all about money, you got a lot of problems. And God identifies it. We have to really understand that. Pride, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unforgiving. These are important things. Why is it Christians are supposed to be forgiving? That doesn't mean that, you know, you forget. A lot of people say, well, I forget. You're lying. You, don't, you didn't forget. I don't forget. But you can learn. Forgive and learn from what's happened. But you need to forgive. Because if you don't forgive, you are in slavery. You are bound. Headstrong. Lovers of pleasure. That's what's happening in our days today. There's another clear indication of, of the fact that you may be moving away from God. I made up my mind. You have to understand this. This is the way I live my life by the grace of God. When I see something the Bible says negative about, like, you know, many will be deceived. What I do is I take it. I mean, I'm being literal. God, I don't want to be in that number. There's another aspect where Christians need to be very understanding. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Some Christians just think, it's only when I feel like it, I'll go to church. You don't have that right. We have to understand. As the manner of some is, because some people are doing it, I don't want to be in that group. And then it says, because the day is approaching. The day is approaching. We don't have to be in church every time the church doors open. But if your heart is in church, I, I know when we travel, 
And it's Sunday, Angela and I were together. Angela reminds me, she says, oh, I think they are, back, they are stopping the service by now. We're not there, but our heart is there. If we were around, we'll be there. We know everything that's happening. We can't wait, back. We can't wait to get back to find out what's happened. Where is your heart? Is it with God or in everything else? You live so that you can, you go out so you can live a good Christian life for your God. That's the way it should be. Your job and everything else is to support you to live the Christian life. But when your job is taking the place of your Christian life, you get it backward. And that's when we get into trouble with God. These things are happening today because we are in the last days and people who are doing this, they are in the church and they believe they are going to heaven and some of them are really, they can really hurt Christians. They deceive, they try to get money, they do all kinds of stuff. They can cheat you and it doesn't really bother them. Because, and we've seen that in the church. It's happening all over. Back in Nigeria, here, all over the world. Why? We are in the last days. We are in the last days. But you need to keep your robe spotless before him. That's not perfect. If something comes to you you don't want, then you ask God for forgiveness. And you move on. And ask for help. He understands. But you cannot excuse it and continue to live by that because we are very close to the end. Last week I said very clearly, the gospel is being preached everywhere today. It's on the internet. I used to think, and I guess God was sharing that because my thinking is, I don't think Jesus is coming any soon because the gospel of the kingdom has to be preached everywhere. And then the end will come. And then I heard in my head, that's not true. God speaking the word. We're here. Television program is over there. The people are listening to the word if they want to. They can go on the internet and listen. Muslim countries, people are going there and find it. They type, you know, search Jesus and they want to know. They, they can if they want to. They can. And there are numbers for them to call. The gospel is being preached everywhere. The end can come any day from now. Are you ready? What if Jesus comes back today? Are you ready? Are you ready to meet him? Are you going to say, Lord, please, just one more day, okay? (laughs) I'll try to get right today. Just one more day. Well, your one more day is this morning. Amen? Because the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. And you can make that right with God today. If you've given your life to Christ before, it's between you and Him. You know if things are right with you and God or if things have gone the other way. But you can make things right today and all the past will be forgiven and be forgotten. And then you can make a commitment. Let me say this. When I came to Christ, I have to use what my experience were to help people because I struggled to. I really did. I was very worried how I could live the Christian life. I said to myself, I had too many things going on in my life. I don't know how I could separate myself from them. How could I stop doing these things? Where would I find the power? So I told God it was like a deal. God, if you saved me and delivered me from this, I will serve you. Please help me, okay? Help me. 
And it did, it did exactly that. The, the, the interest for those things disappeared. And I loved going to church. I've loved going to church till this very day. Uh, even when I'm tired, my wife will tell you, in those days on Wednesday nights, I'm really tired. Uh, I'll pull myself up back in the house of God. And it's amazing. Every time I come back from church, I had this joy inside of me. And it's like something uh, you're addicted to. I want more of it so I get back again to it. Oh, yes. I get back. And that's how I came I judge. I go to a church when I'm looking for a church. Once I get in there and I come back kind of heavy, I'm not going back there. Because I know what God delivers to me every time I go to church. That joy is always there. Amen. You can have that joy in you today. The joy of the Lord is what? It's your strength. All heads bowed this morning. We can truly come to Him today and make a commitment to Him. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. In honor of our God, He is here today. It's between you and your God. And He's calling you to come back home. Maybe you gave your life to Christ before, but you are not where you're supposed to be and you know it. And you want to commit everything to Him today. Every one of us today that we really want to commit, God will see you that and begin to minister to you. Can I see your hand up? Just put your hand up quickly. All over this place. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. You can open your eyes now. Look at me. We have the connection card here. I always love to pray. I have them in my office. Sometimes Michael and I will pray over them. Uh, but I'd like to know the commitment that you made with God. Yeah, please. I want, to make, I want you to let me know what you did with God today. This is very important. Sometimes people are hesitant to do this. But let me tell you th- something. Every word you speak is written in heaven. It's heard. You can never erase it. God can let it go. Forgiveness under the blood. But everything you write, God writes. If you check this out, angels will notice and God will notice. That's a testimony, a witness. And if the devil tells you, I remember the story of a guy that Satan was constantly telling he wasn't saved. And God spoke to him. He says, because he was always confessing his sin and receiving Jesus. So he wrote the day he finally received Christ on a tree. And then left. A few days later, this accusation was coming again. You are not truly a Christian. He says, devil, come. Let me take you to that tree. Where? <laughs> Let me take you to that tree. You see that there? I wrote that. That was the day. And that was the end of all of that accusation from Satan that he wasn't saved. And I'm sure heaven also recorded it. That's what you're doing. You check this out. Tell me what your decision is. My decision today, check it out. It's a witness to God to the angels and to demons that you are a child of God. So check it out, my decision today, and put in uh, the offering bucket as we close. Amen. We're going to be receiving our offering right now. 